0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of That One Time I Dated a Mormon. Um, Did you know and were you aware of the podcast? And this is not a piss take, the podcast where a man literally just posts every week or so. It's called the Walking Podcast, where he doesn't speak, he just records the sound of him going for a walk and then puts that up as a podcast. So I thought to myself, well, if someone can do that and post that, then this week's episode is coming live from me on a exercise bike. Or oh, an exercise bike, sorry. <laughs> Poor there. there. Um, just because kill two beers with one stone. And if someone can get away with doing a podcast where they literally record the sound of themselves walking, then I can do one actually talking to you on an exercise bike at the same time. I also thought, um, I don't know if you've seen... Um, in on BBC News this week, there's been the Children in Need rick rickshaw. I always say that wrong. Rickshaw, that bike thing. Rickshaw challenge, where they've been going around the country meeting various charities and you know and deserving people of of donations and um raising the profile of uh, various groups that need money and and donations from people. And they've been going around on a rickshaw, um, rickshaw, rickshaw. I'll keep saying Rickshaw, Um, and that little bike thing's been going around. So again, I thought, well, you know, if they can do that with all of the things that they've been going through, then I can record some shitty podcast on an exercise bike for 30 minutes. Um, And also, I can do two things at once. Um, So in the reading of that, I was looking at some other mental podcasts. I mean, you know, not that this one's particularly well put together as... Um you can tell by the sound of the bike in the background. But there are some that were just so funny, I just wanted to mention them. So one is called, Whatever Happened to Pizza at McDonald's? Where a comedian called Brian Tom, Thompson um, basically just investigates what happened to foods that are no longer on the McDonald's menu. Um, there is one called, I've already said The Walking Podcast. There is one called, um, Your Favourite Band Sucks as well. Where two friends called Mark and Tyler, basically go through every single band that they can think of and slag them off and try to persuade you that a band that maybe are an artist that you thought were good are actually rubbish. Um, you know, they've even been brave enough to do episodes on people, on bands like The Smits, um which is um, a funny listen. There we go. So yes, live from an exercise bike. Um, but I might get bored halfway through and stop doing it anyway. Um, so I... I mean, what to start off with this week, I mean, Liz Truss, uh, I don't know if you've seen the newspaper articles this week, well I mean she's been in the news every day hasn't she, but the one about the lettuce in particular, so um, there was uh, like a meme or, I always used to say gif, it's gif isn't it, g-i-f, that thing that moves, Um, about (laughs) whether she would last longer than a lettuce would stay fresh. Um, I think the lettuce is now won. So forty-four days in office—the shortest uh, prime, Minister, prime ministerial reign, I suppose you could say—in British history. Um, forty-four days. Um, I think I have um, kept a bottle of milk going for longer than that. Um, and as always, you know what really annoys me about these situations is. They keep on saying, oh, I'm going to stay the course. I'll lead us into the next election. You know, I'm here for blah, 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 When everyone knows that's basically not going to be the case. Um, like um Just be honest and say that you are going to be out in the next week, which obviously she is now. But what surprises me even more uh, is now the idea that Boris Johnson could be back in charge. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. But even the notion of that frustrates me because that would mean we have the third prime minister in... year when the new one takes over and I just think at what point will people or the government realise actually it's politicians and prime ministers that we haven't voted for I mean we didn't vote in Johnson he went and came into power when May left and then trust wasn't our vote and then whoever gets it next won't be our vote either and I just think that um you know, at some point, we are supposed to be a democratic nation, a, dem- a democracy, but we're being given prime ministers that we haven't voted for, one of whom led us through the absolute dumpster fire of COVID. So, um, you know, with Starmer, and, you know, obviously I'm a Labour supporter. <coughs> um, You may have picked up on this podcast before that I'm not particularly a fan of the Tories. But is um, saying that we should have a general election. Well, yeah, I think that we should, because I don't think it's right. You know, whether you are a Conservative or, or not, or whatever you are, um, you know, your political leaning. I think it's time that we actually have a decision and, and a vote now, rather than just being out of our hands all the time. I mean, because it's worked so well, hasn't it? Um, and people are quitting left, right and centre. And so um, it's just... I think... You know, you can feel the frustration amongst people as well because when everyday folk, to sound very old now, um, very BBC4, when everyday folk such as myself are just getting up, going to work, paying the bills, you know, having to um, cut spending where they can and just cracking on as best as they can to then have the people who are supposed to be actually looking after us and caring for us and leading with an example, are arguing in, in, in commons and quitting and having to leave their job after 44 days and who might actually still then get part of the 115 grand salary annually for 44 days' work. Um, it's just really pisses me off. And I was reading, um, I'm reading at the moment a book by Ellie Taylor, who is on Strictly Come Dancing. Not that I watch it, but I know that she's on it, but I like her stand-up. And I'm reading her book at the minute about um, being a mum and how challenging it can be and the kind of troughs and peaks and befores and afters and whatever. And I was just reading a section this morning that was just fascinating and how um, it looks at the pay that people get when they're on maternity or paternity and how when you get past a certain date... And obviously, it fluctuates on your job as well, how much maternity pay that you get. But when you get to this, you know, kind of the lowest bit of maternity pay or paternity pay, which is about one hundred and fifty-seven pounds a week. If you then split that down to an hourly rate, and you look at a parent, basic, well, basically, it is a twenty-four hour job. Um, the hourly rate for a mum at home is one pound eleven, and then the the living wage is meant to be what ten pounds an hour. Um, so. When you then got politicians who just argue and quit and could still be on a hundred plus grand salary for not really doing a job at all, um it doesn't really go down very well when you think of it that way, does it? Um on a slightly happier note, well not ha- well, I suppose it is happier, um more just a nice thing to talk about. Um, I know that I'm very, very late to the party, but I've just started watching Heartstopper on Netflix. I've read other books, but I've not watched it. Um, not for any particular reason, I just hadn't got around to it. I, was, I thought probably it would be a bit too young. I mean, the books are fair enough to read, but I thought the show would probably be a bit too young for me now that I'm fucking ancient. Um, but I had... Um, so, I, in watching Heartstopper, I finally learnt what spilling the tea meant. Now, I always knew that it meant to give, like, some gossip. You know, when people say spill the tea, like, give me the give me the juicy gossip or whatever. But I thought the tea stood for topic. Like, give me the topic, give me the hot news. I had no idea it actually meant spilling the tea, as in the drink. Like, spill the tea, spill me the gossip, like a cup of tea being spilt over. Because um, that's what it's described as being in the first episode of Heartstopper. And I had this, like euphoric moment where I finally understood what this millennial phrase meant um and I'm probably I mean if I'm still wrong and that's not what it means at all then I'm a complete knob but I didn't like un- I couldn't believe that's not what I'd understood that it meant and I've just finished watching the horrendous I know he did last summer television adaptation for what, loose word um on Amazon Prime And every five seconds, the characters are all like, give me the tea, you're going to slay. I had no fucking idea what they were talking about. Um, So I've just realised now what spilling the tea actually means. Anyway, Heartstopper. It's really good, it's really sweet. I'm only about two episodes into it, but it's been a long time since I've watched a television show. Probably the last one was Shits Creek, where I just smiled the whole way through watching it. It's so lovely. And um, it's quite an odd experience watching it because now that I'm so old, it's odd watching it um thinking about how much I would have appreciated it when I was that age, you know, when I was sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, and how and how I think potentially life-saving it can be for people of my generation and before, um and today to actually see Representation up there on the screen in such a positive way. Um, I mean, yes, it deals with bullying and it deals with low self esteem and everything else that comes hand in hand with being a teenager, being in a minority. Um, but it's done in such a, a sensible and sensitive way that it makes me really pleased that that's there for you know children that I teach to watch to watch, for my nieces and nephew to watch. Um, but also kind of a little bit nostalgic but a bit sad that that was something that would you know, potentially have changed my life if it was around at the time um, and you know it raises things again in, in a really sensitive way um, so it looks at um, gaslighting it doesn't use the phrase because I do think sometimes terminology is a little bit overused um, I think the kind of raising of the issue is enough sometimes with that and everything but it looks at it you know, the from an outsider's point of view at what um, a controlling relationship looks like between um, the lead boy, Charlie, and a kind of a lad that's messing him around and sending quite manipulative messages and things, um, and, and which is something that teenagers need to realise happened, that is happening to them or they're doing and um, without realising that's what they're doing. And they learn that before they then, you know, get into adult relationships. Um, And then Olivia Colman's in it, randomly, um, which is no bad thing. But yeah, that surprised me. Um, And then, obviously, the biggest news of the week is the return of Taylor Swift. Not that she ever really goes, because she's releasing music all the time. Um, but the marketing campaign for Midnight's, I think, has been particularly good with the Midnight Madness, I think it was called. The little TikTok videos where she released the name of a different album track every night on, like, this bingo machine thing. And um, I purposely kept away from hearing any of the songs that were being leaked and things like that. Um, uh, the video for the first song, Anti Hero I watched... It's so good that the song is brilliant. I think it's one of the best things that she's done. And when I was listening to it the first time, um, I think it's quite remarkable. I mean, lots of artists have, like, a one stellar album or, you know, they have a series of tracks that really stand out. And then, you know, understandably, as time goes on, sales dwindle, Um apart from the hardcore fans that stay with them, or they have, you know, an album that's a bit of a clunker and they have to kind of get themselves back from that. I'm talking about, like, massive stars here. You know, you think about people like Katy Perry that was massive for so long and has kind of gone off the radar a bit after one or two albums didn't do particularly well and, you know, Lady Gaga's had a couple of clunkers in a time and Madonna and so on. Um, But there's something about Taylor Swift where... She just doesn't write bad songs and she doesn't produce bad songs and the the production values and the instrumentation and the lyrics um, and her vocals are always, always like top-notch. And I know that I'm biased because I'm a fan. But um she just never produces anything shit. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are the occasional cringes like London Boy, but um she just never produces anything that's naff or half-hearted. Um, and I was listening to the antihero song yesterday about four hundred times and it's just so good and um you know she's i think really quite a um she's she's an artist that will be remembered long 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 after she stopped producing you know producing music you know she's one of i think she's one of the greats of songwriting um and the song Antihero, so the video's there and the lyric video's there as well. So let's see if I can just play a little bit of it enough that it means I won't get sued. Not that, you know, anyone who's important enough is going to hear this anyway. Let's see. So I'm loading up my... Oh, actually, just for a laugh, let's see what the first thing to come up on YouTube is. So my first thing to come up on YouTube is Antihero Livic video. Right, let's have a look. I don't know. I'll make up a rule. You can play a minute without being sued. Um, So, I like that it's got a bit of a 1989 electronic vibe to it, but it's got kind of like a soft folklore sound to it as well as you go through the album. Um, And I had like a bit of a almost ritualistic um, rapport with it last night. It was me, it was the album, I put it on, I sat in silence, listened... um, and that's how you should experience a Taylor Swift album for the first time. No one around, no one annoying you and no one talking to you. Um, but I will, um, I'm quite sad as it sounds, I was talking to quite a few of my students in school about it this week. Um, about what we were thinking about the album, so it'd be quite nice to go in and talk to them about it as well, when I'm back at work, because it is half term this week, not to brag, but teachers do get that time off, thank fuck, seven weeks um, back in, Um, and it's tiring, Um, I think the, the first time in, well, you know, you're looking at around two years of it just being straight back in, we're not having to do staggered entries, there's no... You know, separation of year groups anymore, we're not testing children anymore, so it's straight back into, you know, what is the job. But I think it's a, the kids are, it was quite a stark awakening for them. So it's been a tiring half term. It's nice, obviously, to be back and see everybody and be functioning, but it has been, has been tiring. Um, And just going back to Heartstopper for a moment, I um, led uh, an assembly for some students where I looked at LGBT issues in. In, you know the wider community and, and I particularly looked at um, in the entertainment industry and on, on media which I mentioned in the episode last week where I really explained to them how much representation has changed and how you know when I was younger there was nothing on television that was really positive it was programs like I mentioned Buffy where lesbian kisses had to be screened after 10 o'clock whereas now you know you've got shows like Heartstopper which have an openly LGBT storyline trans characters trans actors Um, and it was really um, important I think for me as well to be able to talk about it because You know, I was someone who, when I was 14, 15, was, well, well before that, I'd been bullied mercilessly just for being myself. And then to quite openly talk about that with students and to see and to let them know that it's okay to not feel yourself all the time, you know, and to to know who you are all the time, um, shows really how far we've come in about 20 years or so. But there's still so much more to be done, obviously, as well. Um... Oh, hang on. No, it's all right. I thought that the bike had stopped timing me then for a second, which would have been annoying. Now, one of the other reasons that I'm on the exercise bike as well is because um, I'm having ongoing um, treatment and diagnosis for fibromyalgia at the moment and with the kind of constant injuries that I get and the pain that I'm in pretty much all the time. Um, things that I used to be able to do, so running and cycling outside um, on a you know, more challenging terrain, obviously I just can't really do it at the moment or hopefully I'll be able to get back into it when um, I'm a little bit more on top of um, just the aches and pains that I get. Um, but the kind of stationary exercise bike um doesn't seem to exacerbate things too much and it means that I still get to be a little bit active. Um so that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm recording live. Live from someone with on the scene, someone with fibromyalgia trying to exercise. Um but I mean fibromyalgia is something that and maybe a lot of people have heard of or don't know what it is or haven't heard about, I don't know. So i thought i would just go through some of the things that fibromyalgia is isn't some of the symptoms things like that so if you go onto the nhs website it says that the symptoms of fibromyalgia are uh, <laughs> a lovely heading widespread pain in bold letters and it says the pain could be feel like an ache a burning sensation or a sharp stabbing pain yes um and that it will usually um be in places on the body such as your back your neck um and yeah i definitely get it up the my neck down into my shoulders um sometimes into the front of my chest as well definitely in my back and down the sides um kind of of my thighs um and doing some reading about it um, they said that quite often you can have something called twinning pain which is where you have the pain in both sides of your body in the same place and um, like, parallel to each other. So, like, on the front of your chest, you'll have pains in both places, Um, or on both soldiers... uh, Soldiers? Um, Both shoulders. Um, It says as well that fibromyalgia can make you extremely sensitive to pain all over your body, that the slightest touch is painful. If you hurt yourself, such as stubbing your toe, the mane will continue longer for someone um, than it normally would. Um... It can result in stiffness, and particularly if you've been in a position for the same time or when you first woke up in the morning. Yeah, um, particularly if I forget and sit cross-legged, um, that can be really painful to come out of that. Poor sleep quality, um, so waking up tired even though you've slept. Cognitive problems, something called a fibro fog. Oh, I like that, I've not heard of that. Fibro fog, that sounds like a cereal. Fibro fog, I like that. It sounds like a new Kellogg cereal. Um, so you might have trouble remembering things. Now, this is something that I get, and you can probably tell because I constantly trip over my words, um, is a confused speech. So um, when I'm tired, particularly, I will like lose the train of thought of what I'm saying or I'll put the wrong word into the sentence or I'll pronounce something wrong. So it's almost as if um, my mouth... Almost like, see, I can't even fucking explain it now. Like my, like my lips form the wrong word from what I want to say. It's odd. Headaches, migraines. It can be linked with IBS and irritable bowel syndrome as well. Dizziness, clumsiness, and restless leg syndromes. That's a fucking bitch. Restless leg syndrome. Um, It feels like you've got ants crawling up inside your legs, tugging at your skin. It's horrible um and what a shock that then causes something called anxiety which we've all heard of before um and then i mean obviously you can read yourself into a little black hole about these things as well but then if you look at um some images around fibromyalgia as well The funniest one, and well, it's not funny because it's actually quite tragic, but there's a picture that just kind of shows you a map of where you might get pain from fibromyalgia on your body. And it is literally the entire fucking body. So it's, it goes from the head down. So from obviously headaches, then into the neck, then into the shoulders, then into the chest, then into the stomach. Then it says, um, or highlights on the body, thighs, and also calves and feet. And then from the shoulders, it goes down into the biceps and then down into the forearms and the wrists and the hands. and Oh oh yes, sorry, I forgot the hips. Oh, and the arse. So basically, and the lower back and the top back. So, um, I mean, it's not a particularly helpful map of fibromyalgia because it basically just says your entire body's fucked. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. Oh, paired tender points, that's what it's called when you have pain in the same places. On both sides of your body, like both knees, like on both sides of your neck, or both or the front of both chests, both chests, um, or both elbows at the same time. Pair tender points. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that um all of your body, or for me anyways, all in pain all the time. But there is constantly a pain somewhere. And what is frustrating about it is that it's very difficult to diagnose what it is or what's causing it. Um obviously, there are certain things that can flare it, such as tiredness, such as stress, such as um maybe other illnesses that just linger along um I mean again, on the n h s website, it says that it can be due to certain chemicals in the brain um you have an abnormal level of them, it can be problems with the central nervous system, down the spinal cord, which is always fun to think there's something wrong with your spine. Um, Or it can be um, lifestyle choices as well. So, you know, potentially a reaction to medication and too much caffeine and too much alcohol, things like that. Um, But it is, I think, just something that unfortunately you kind of just got to get used to. Um, So in, in terms of treatments, at the moment I'm having physiotherapy for it. I have stretches to do morning and night and then in the day if I can um I have a lot of hot water bottles um a lot of ice packs um ibuprofen gel um ibuprofen tablets just to kind of help the pain ease a little bit um I'm due to be starting acupuncture soon which I've never had before although I, I am slightly worried it's going to turn to something like from final destination where The man or whoever is doing the acupuncture will just walk out for a second and the door will like scarily and slowly lock behind him. And then through a series of random events, you know, an air vent will turn on and that will lead to a bottle um, falling on the floor, which will then lead to water leaking, which will then lead to a plug sparking, which will then lead to a fire. And I'm just on this table covered in pins and I'll roll off and I'll just be like stabbed myself to death about a hundred times. Um... But on the plus side, it might solve my fibromyalgia. So I'll give it a go. Um, And swimming is also meant to be good as well, which I haven't managed to get back to yet. Um, Pure one, because I'm kind of worried about going in case it makes it worse. Um, I'd hate to go and then find that that's something I can't do. So I'll have to pull the plug. now. pull the plug and go. Pull the... What's it called when you want to do something, pull the pull the band aid off, pull the pull the socks up. See, I can't even remember what these phrases are that I'm meant to know. So anyway, fibromyalgia. Um if you are suffering from random pains around your body and they don't seem to go and they seem to get worse and fluctuate and you can't remember either like when i was going through my initial diagnosis questions an injury so something that you actually did to make yourself hurt in that place or location then it might be worth going to your doctors Um i had blood tests done. they looked at vitamin levels they looked at any deficiencies they looked at how things were working like my kidneys and my liver and everything was fine um and so it is just this very vague Bizarre thing that I've just got to now try and cope with. Um, And one of the most difficult things about it is that it can just come on completely randomly. You know, I was um, teaching the other day and I was, um, and I just pointed to the board and just, I mean, all I did was raise my arm and point to the board and the pain that like ricocheted through my entire top half of my body just because i've moved my arm and point um that then stayed for the next half an hour like burning and in my shoulders and down my arms and it's things like that that are just really frustrating because you do the most innocuous thing and your body just goes nope for no reason um and it's a little bit scary to think that i'm 36 young slash old and that it could just stay this way, it could get worse, it could disappear for a bit then come back. So, but um, if anything that I'm talking about sounds vaguely familiar, then there's no harm in getting it checked and seeing seeing if there's something similar that that you might be going through, or it might be something that's um, not that at all and completely benign, but I would definitely go and see someone about it if if you are um, experiencing anything like I've just been talking about. Now, carrying on with this um, topic and conversation of fibromyalgia, I've just got a little research video to play for you. And then I'm going to have a look as well at another condition called lupus as fibromyalgia and lupus share some similar traits, but also sometimes can get confused. Um, Lupus is, I think, generally thought to be a little bit more serious. In terms of some of the conditions and ongoing side effects that can happen. Um, but anyway, first, I'll play this little video that just gives you um, a much more scientific than my jargonless chat before about what fibromyalgia is.
1: Fibromyalgia is a chronic disorder that affects at least 5 million Americans, mostly women. It's characterized by non restorative sleep and muscle aches and stiffness that may last all day, pain in all four quadrants of the body, and the presence of specific tender points. While fibromyalgia pain can vary in intensity, sufferers often describe it as a deep persistent ache or a stabbing or shooting muscular pain. Other common symptoms include incapacitating fatigue, insomnia, joint pain, Leg cramps, headaches, and concentration and memory problems, known as fibro fog.
0: I said that before, I didn't I? Fibro fog, so it is a thing.
1: Because there is no lab test or X-ray to confirm a diagnosis of fibromyalgia, some patients were once led to believe this pain was all in their heads.
0: Thank you. Says White NHS doctors? Well, just doctors in general, not NHS.
1: Today, many researchers think the brain and spinal cord process pain messages incorrectly, causing fibromyalgia patients to feel pain more intensely.
0: And that's something I was told that quite often, um, symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome and IBS, um, you don't actually have it, it's just that your brain is misfiring the pain, pain nerves and pain receptors, so the pain shows up somewhere where there isn't actually anything wrong.
1: One of the unique aspects of fibromyalgia is the presence of tender points in specific locations on the body. When these points are pressed, people with fibromyalgia feel pain, while people without the syndrome only feel pressure. To be diagnosed with fibromyalgia, a patient must be sensitive in at least 11 of the 18 possible tender points.
0: And so the tender points it's showing here are on the back of the neck, on the shoulders, On the front of the chest, the lower back, kind of where the the bony bit, just above your bottom, um, on the buttocks, the knees in the middle of the, um, what's the other side of your elbow called? The front bit of your elbow and um, on the front side of the neck. So basically every single bit of my body, 100% fibromyalgia.
1: And experience widespread pain in all four quadrants of the body
0: yep tick 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 um, and then just looking at lupus because sometimes there's um, their symptoms can be really really similar so I'm just on healthline.com here in front of me and um, I mean I know obviously going down the internet Um, black hole can be problematic, but just a little summary. So it says lupus and fibromyalgia are both chronic conditions that share the same symptoms. Diagnosis can actually be difficult because the conditions appear to be similar. Each condition requires a physical examination um, and in some cases it's possible to have both disorders. Hopefully not. So lupus, it says there's an autoimmune autoimmune disorder that causes your body's autoimmune system to attack itself. Rather than killing bacteria, um, they work against your immune system and they mistake your body's healthy cells as harmful agents. You may develop fatigue, skin rash, joint pain, inflammation of body organs and Catherine Ryan has lupus and she talks about it a lot um, in her book and on her podcast as well and she talks about how quite often she has a red nose, um, nothing to do with charity, a red nose um, that is down to her lupus symptoms. So lupus symptoms, it says, so one or 2 I've just mentioned, so joint pain, swelling, fatigue, a rash on the face, skin lesions, chest pain, headaches, and shortness of breath, and then long-term complications of lupus, kidney damage or failure, seizures, memory loss, anemia, blood clotting, pneumonia, and heart attack. Fun. Um, this can flare up um, if you've um, been out in the sun for a long time, it says, or if you suffer another infection, which, you know, your body is then going to be. Um, have less strength anyway, I suppose. Fibromyalgia, it says, is not a life-threatening disorder, but it can be uncomfortable and have a lot of painful symptoms, including joint pain, chest pain, long-lasting dull aches, fatigue, anxiety, sleep disorder. Um, it says that it can be associated with cognitive difficulties and cause a mental fog, fibro fog, my new favorite cereal. Um, it can affect your ability to concentrate and trigger memory loss. It says there's no direct genetic transition, transmission. See, I can't speak. Genetic transmission of fibromyalgia. And it can occur, can occur in families, one person, an entire family, anyone of any age. It can be triggered by an injury or stress. Um, it says treatment. So for both. Um, improving sleep is one of the main ones. Pain medication, antidepressants to reduce pain and improve sleep, anti-seizure medications, physical and occupational therapy to promote flexibility, counselling to improve your mental strength. That was something that was mentioned to me, actually, that um, there are fibromyalgia support groups and networks that you can become part of to talk to other people. So, because I think the problem with fibromyalgia is because um, there is really no specific cause for it, in want of a better word, it can be quite easy to gaslight yourself, um, even though I said that, I think that word is overused sometimes, um, into thinking that you're making it up, or um, oh, you've just got an achy back, get over it. Um, yeah, but I've had the achy back shooting up and down my back, spine, legs, arsehole, for the past three years. Um, so I think by talking to other people about it, that can obviously be really beneficial. It says as well that there can be steroids to reduce inflammation, um, amino... see this is why I'm not a doctor because I'd never get the words out to give anyone any treatment. Immunosuppressants. It's like when I couldn't say Rickshaw. Immunosuppressants. And then it says um, lupus and fibromyalgia don't have a cure but they can be treated. They share a few similar symptoms but lupus can be more life-threatening if left untreated okay so let's have a look what else Ooh, polymyalgia i've not heard of that before what's polymyalgia do i want to know hmm polymyalgia so mm. do i want to know what polymyalgia is i'm going to google it because i've never heard of polymyalgia before bear with as miranda would say polymyalgia what's that Polymyalgia is. Ooh, it looks the same. It says, oh, it's, mm, it's more akin to arthritis. So stiffness in the wrists, elbows, and knees. Well, I have that as well. Pain in the neck, upper arms, buttocks, and hips. Yeah, have that. Stiffness in effect. A... Yeah. Ugh. Do I have poly- polymyalgia now? What does the NHS say? No, I don't think I do. But it's just very similar. What does it say? I've never heard of this one before um oh okay so the main symptom for polymyalgia is muscle stiffness in the morning that lasts for longer than 45 minutes no i don't have that um yeah so polymyalgia is more linked to arthritis whereas fibromyalgia just seems to be pain all the time everywhere brilliant Oh, it also says people with polymyalgia develop a more serious condition called temporal, temporal right? Ar, arterit, arteritis? Arter, arteritis. A-R-T-E-R-I-T-I-S. Arteritis. Arthritis. Why can't I fucking speak? Temporal arteritis. Also known as, or oh, why didn't they just call it this? Giant cell. Why give it the stupid name? Which is easier to say temporal arteritis or giant cell. Why do they make it so hard? Giant cell, it sounds like something from a horror film. So, um, temporal arteritis, a.k.a. giant cell. A severe headache, your scalp can feel sore, pain in the jaw when eating. I've not had that. And problems with sight, double loss or vision. No, I've not had that. Okay, so that sounds slightly more serious than fibromyalgia. So fibromyalgia, lupus, polymyalgia, which I've just now discovered as a thing. Um, as I said before, if you feel that perhaps you, um, do have any of these symptoms that I've been talking about in the NHS video there, then do try and go and see somebody about it. Um, and as odd as it sounds it's quite useful as well to look at um interviews with people who've had it so you know i've listened to katherine ryan talking about it in the past and which i didn't know until i was reading about it online is that selena gomez so um she's been in only murders in the building in various other things and music and stuff and music and stuff what an awful way to summarize her career um she's very good in early murders in the building actually but i didn't know that she suffered from lupus which as i've just been explaining now is quite similar um symptoms to it so this is just a clip from an interview that she gave um about seven years ago now when she was diagnosed with it
1: secret health battle why she took some time out of the spotlight Mainline anchor juju chang has the details i'm so sick of old- This morning, pop superstar Selena Gomez sharing the biggest health battle of her life. I've been through stuff, and I think that it's been able to test me as a person. Gomez revealing she's been battling lupus for over a year, telling Billboard magazine the disease halted her 2013 tour, saying, I've been through chemotherapy. That's what my break was really about. I could have had a stroke. Lupus impacts generally young women. Common problems include profound fatigue, um, often pain. An estimated 1.5 million Americans suffer from the autoimmune disease lupus. And while there's no cure, it is treatable with steroids and other anti-inflammatory meds. This is my time to just kind of like stop and say this is my perspective on where I am. Headlines popped up alleging the star was entering an Arizona rehab facility for drug or alcohol related issues. Gomez now responding saying I wanted so badly to say you guys have no idea I'm in chemotherapy Baby, now we got bad, but The star also we got revealing bad, it's her BFF Taylor Swift who's been helping her through Taylor
0: Of course Taylor Swift has helped who doesn't she help
1: has represented to her a friendship from which Selena draws a lot of her strength Selena's looking ahead to a happier healthier future I can't please everybody I can take care of people and help them, but I also can take care of myself. For Good Morning America, Juju Chang, ABC News.
0: So, there you go. I mean, obviously that's quite a fluffy interview about it, but there are things you can read about it. And sometimes seeing that, um, you know, people who are younger than you or, you know, people who are famous as well, as odd as it sounds, do get poorly as well, (coughs) can... um, make you feel, I don't not better, but it's nice to, you know, to read stories and hear stories about people who've gone through something similar. Um, okay, so hope you've had um, a good week. Hope you have, continue to have a good weekend. I hope that the, uh, my own little personal rickshaw challenge, being on a bike, wasn't too annoying and loud before, but there we go. I can do two things at once. As always, if you have any questions, let me know that yahoo.com and I will see you next week. Bye. Oh, and I just realised as well, now that I've finally figured out what Spilling the Tea means, that in the Taylor Swift song that I've just been talking about, Andy Hero, that when she, in the chorus, says, at tea time, everyone agrees, or everybody agrees, she's talking about how everyone is gossiping about her, that she's a pain and a problem and that people don't like her. At tea time, everybody agrees It's Spilling the Tea. I've just figured it's like... It's all come together for me. I finally know what spilling the tea means.